It is week three of the college football season. We are back with our best bets and picks today. We're talking about all the big time games on Saturday, September 17th. I'm Austin, joined by Logan. The four games we're going to talk about, I'll pop them up on the screen. We're going to also talk about our favorite underdog of the weekend, as well as our best bet of the weekend that you guys can count on if you're new. Hit that subscribe button, hit that like button too. And number three, if you want to do us a favor, Join our chalkboard. We love discussing with you guys and joining our chalkboard just like a discussion app where we can just talk and whatnot. Click that join button below the channel or you can click the link in the description. It's just easy to join, completely free for everyone. I believe it's only on iOS at the moment, but we'd appreciate it. We'd love to see you guys in there. There's over 1,200 people just constantly discussing. So hit that link in the description or in the pinned comment. Join our chalkboard, 100% free, and we'll see you guys in there. But Logan, let's recap last week. It wasn't all right week. The fans, we're going to recap you guys. You are, are moving to eight and eight, a one and three week. I gave you guys the Tennessee win, despite, you know, we counted the spread as seven, but I gave you guys the win. You guys deserved it. I would, so I was at two, one and one week. My best bet of the week was Pittsburgh plus seven. They end up pushing in overtime. Logan, you had a one, three and one week moving to 11, nine and one. We had a lot of weird overtime games. Like I talked about at the top of the show, you had the army best bet of the weekend and they lose by three in overtime, a brutal, brutal week, but we're not going to talk about that. We're going to keep moving into this week's games. We're going to go with, we only have two ranked matchups and we're going to start with the first one. 12th ranked BYU Cougars are on the road in Eugene, taking on the 25th ranked Oregon Ducks. Kickoff, 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Oregon. Currently three and a half point favorites, over under 56 and a half. Now, look at the Ducks. I mean, the storyline for this one, the Ducks bounce back after their brutal beatdown in week one to the Georgia Bulldogs. Bounce back, drop 70 piece on Eastern Washington. And then you look at the Cougars. Coming off a 2-0 win, an impressive double overtime victory over Baylor. Logan, I'm going to let you start this one off. The fans are on the BYU Cougars at plus three and a half. Are you going to roll with them? I'm going to be rolling with the O when in the Ducks in this one. Quack, quack. I know this is the second time I'm actually trusting Oregon uh, this year. First time, they absolutely got steamrolled in a huge matchup versus Georgia. They were simply outclassed and outplayed in all aspects of the football game. But this one, return, you know, being in Eugene, I think it's going to be big for them. You know, I'm, expect, I'm backing Bo Nix and that Oregon offense to continue some of that momentum, as you mentioned, from the Eastern Washington game. I know it's Eastern Washington, and that's a, that's an inferior opponent, but they still did what they needed to do. 277 yards for Bo Nix, five touchdowns. Can he ride some of that momentum against BYU? Absolutely, right? To me, BYU was sort of lucky even to win against Baylor. Baylor had 117 yards of penalties last week. That was some a lot of Baylor and self-inflicted wounds. I don't really – that wasn't super impressed, you know – from the eye test on, on BYU, uh, honestly, and Oregon's defense will have to be stout versus BYU, but BYU only three for 14 on third down conversions last week. And honestly, like I said, BYU, to be honest, was lucky to win that game. They weren't great on third down and they have some question marks on offense, especially at the wide receiver position. Again, doing, dealing with injuries, Romney and Nakua, two, two of their best wide receivers are questionable this week. Unfortunately, we don't have the status for that. Of course, later in the week it might be available. But I really am backing the Ducks in this one. I think they I think they get a big, much-needed win at, at home in front of that, that home crowd. Logan, I like where you're going with that one, but I'm going to go to a total in this, and I'm going to take the over 56.5 points. Now, before I get into my analysis, all the vid games that we're talking about are timestamped down below as well as our upset segment. So if you want to bounce around, feel free to do that. But let's talk about this over pick. Now, Logan, I know last week you took the over in the BYU-Baylor game and those teams came out and they were flat pretty much the whole game. I mean, there was only a couple drives where they were able to put up points. They even one of the double overtime. They couldn't even hit the over for you. But I think we look at that team and you talked about it. They have a good Baylor defense. I mean, you think of BYU only three for 14 on third down. A lot of punts. They weren't able to get any drives going to get them able to extend any drives. And I think the BYU offense 
led by Jaron Hall, will fix some things. And I think they're going to Oregon. I think Oregon's defense is able to give up some points. And I'm okay if Oregon wins. If they score a ton of points, I'm fine with that. Maybe we both can cash out, Logan. But I look at that Orange, Oregon team. They put up 70 points last week, obviously bouncing back after that Georgia stinker when they only scored three. But, you know, the Bulldogs' defense is going to be a little bit better than any defense they'll probably ever see this year. And I just look at this BYU defense. Not been all that great. I mean, they allowed 21 points to a bad USF team, allowed 20 to Baylor last week, and Baylor really couldn't do anything. You talked about all the penalties. A lot of those were offensive. And I just look at Bo Nix on the other side with the Oregon Ducks. This guy's, I mean, you'll know, and you'll probably feel this. He's an all-or-nothing QB. He's going to make a lot of aggressive plays, and sometimes those come to bite him in the back, but sometimes they lead to long plays, and that's exactly what you need when you're taking it over. You need guys that are willing to take risks. We don't want just guys that are throwing three-yard three dunks, and that's all they're taking, taking eight minutes off the clock to go get us a field goal. That's how you nuke a, an, an overpick. And I think Bo Nix is capable of scoring points. You saw them. They dropped 70 points last week. I'm not asking for 70 today from the Oregon Ducks, but I am asking Oregon and BYU over 56.5 points. I have full faith they can get that done. Each of these teams has scored 50 points by their own this year. I think I'm taking the over 56 and a half points. But, Logan, I hope we both are cashing out in that one. And we're going to move to another matchup, the Penn State Nittany Lions, currently ranked 22nd in the nation. Travel to Auburn to take on the Tigers. Another 3.30 p.m. kickoff. Penn State currently three-point favorites. The over-under 48.5. Look at Penn State sitting at 2-0. They had that big win in week one over Purdue. And then they played Ohio last week, easily beating them. And Sean Clifford continues to get it done. Auburn, led by the running back Tank Bigsby, 2-0 after beating Mercer in San Jose State. Now the fans all over Penn State Nittany Lions. 64% of you guys are there. I'm riding with the fans. Look, I look at this one and I look at this line and I, I think when you look at it, the only reason that I think Auburn is, you know, this close is solely because I think they're a good home team. And I think they're respecting the SEC and respecting this team. I think Sean Clifford at the end of the day is better than TJ Finley. I mean, look at Finley, only one touchdown, three interceptions for the Tigers. And I just look at oh, Sean Clifford. I think he can certainly get it done. Now, I know Auburn's going to want to run the football, and they've had 79 rushing attempts through two games, but Penn State's been pretty stout on the defensive line, only allowing 161 rushing yards on 48 carries. That's a little over three per, per carry, and I just think Sean Clifford's able to game manage this game a little bit more. I don't think this is going to be a high-scoring game by any means, and I think Penn State coming on the road, they're getting a little bit of respect, because I bet you if this was flipped in, in at Penn State, the line's probably seven and a half. So they're giving respect to the Auburn Tigers, and maybe they're trying to bait people into betting on Auburn. But I look at Auburn, they haven't done anything this year. They beat Mercer and San Jose State. They struggled last week. I think they only won by like seven points. And I just don't think they were down at halftime to San Jose State. I look at Penn State, their defense, their secondary, should be able to force some turnovers, get Sean Clifford into easy spots. And I think he should be able to convert, whether it's field goals, touchdowns. I just think Penn State's the better all-around team and has a little bit more talent and the more established QB. So I'm riding with the fans. I'm taking the Penn State Nittany Lions. But look, Logan, Penn State, I'm on them. The fans are on them. What do you say about a good old-fashioned squad ride? Austin, it's okay for us to disagree on this one. And honestly, that's what sometimes sparks the best debates on this one. So I am actually going to Auburn plus three. Look, you, you for you guys wanting to tail each of us, you're going to have to pick a side in this one. And who's, whose argument is more compelling, right? For me, I watched a lot of college football, and I don't trust Clifford to win close games. The spread in this one is indicative of this being, once again, a close game, right? you got the public. you got Austin all, all over Penn State. I just don't think they're that much better of a team than Auburn, right? You know, you can call it my SEC bias, you know, as, as a lifelong SEC fan. This is just what this is. SEC teams play a different breed of football that I don't know Penn State is ready for. Penn State, 89th and third down conversion percentage. That is bad. And especially against the, the, the big boys up in the SEC, they they will they will definitely make life on, on Clifford 
you know, tough. Now, counter arguments, everyone's going to say, well, Auburn hasn't played anyone, right? If the odd makers, the odds makers, when they're making this line, clearly say, well, that doesn't really matter. This is still a, a decent, respectable football team, right? Auburn, sneaky good, you know, offensively. They, they have a lot of big plays, right? You don't really necessarily think of them if you're looking at their numbers as a big play offense, but they're 14th in yards per play, while Penn State's defense is 67th in yards per play allowed. So Auburn is getting the chunk plays offensively, and Penn State is giving up some chunk plays uh, defensively. It's no secret that Auburn, you know, is going to try to win the time of possession, you know, this this one and run with Bigsby. Obviously, Auburn 12th in rushing yards, you know, so far in the season. So Auburn will try to make this game ugly. But honestly, I think they're going to win the upfront battle. I think they're going to make life very difficult for Clifford. I'm going to take them with the points. What's going to be a great college football atmosphere? Give me Auburn in this one. I can't believe you. I thought we were friends. And you're going with the Tigers. You're not squad riding with me and the fans. I, I You're despicable. But you know what? At least we're at, I think we disagreed on one pick. You're right now, you're 1-0 on me. So I'm coming to even back that up, that record. It feels like a good time to segue into our best bets of the weekend. And I will start off first. And I am going to go to a play that, I'm going to be honest, a lot of you guys aren't going to like. Now, my best bet segment is currently 0-1-1. So we're looking for our first victory. And I'm going to a team that a lot of people aren't going to want to trust. Because I won't be taking the Nebraska Cornhuskers, plus 11.5, taking on the sixth-ranked Oklahoma Sooners. Now I know what you're saying. Like Austin, Nebraska sucks. They just lost a team that they paid to come to Nebraska to play, and they're 0-3 against the spread this year, to which I respond to you guys, they're due. Now, obviously, some people in the comments are like, oh, no, I hate when people say they're due, but I want to talk about this. Now, obviously, Nebraska, if you haven't heard, they let go of Scott Frost, no longer the head coach there. And while I love Scott Frost solely because of his time at UCF, he did leave us, and he wasn't a good fit there. And now they got Mickey Joseph, the interim head coach. Now, Mickey, if you don't know who he is, he's actually in his first year at uh, at Nebraska. He was previously the wide receiver's assistant coach and then the head coach of wide receivers for LSU from 2017 to 2021. If you remember, LSU has had a bunch of good wide receivers come from them, come from LSU, whether it's Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and whatnot. But I'm not saying that Mickey Joseph is going to make the next Jamar Chase at Nebraska. What I am saying is I think he rallies the troops here. This is an all-or-nothing game for the Nebraska. Cornhuskers. These guys just lost to a team that they paid to come to the stadium. And I know that on the other side of the coin, got the Oklahoma Sooners. Everyone's going to be wanting to bet against Nebraska. Understandably so. They haven't been good. And look, you're going to look at a sixth-ranked Oklahoma only laying 11 and a half on the road. Yeah, absolutely sign me up. But as a UCF fan, I have watched Dylan Gabriel, the head coach. As a UCF fan, I have watched Dylan Gabriel, the QB for the Oklahoma Sooners. And while Dylan Gabriel is great at home, I also know he has not been good on the road in his career. He played 11 road games at UCF. Granted, let's keep in mind, these are all against, you know, AAC teams, not the best teams of the bunch. I can call a spade a spade. In those 11 road games, he threw 10 interceptions. He single-handedly kind of sold UCF out of a lot of those games. And if he's throwing interceptions, it's going to be easier for Nebraska to cover this. You're going to be 11 and a half points. I know Nebraska, if they can get some push up front, get make Dylan Gabriel a little bit uncomfortable, I think they can force a turnover to limit this Oklahoma offense, which doesn't have the best defense in the world. And Nebraska's offense has been able to put up points. They played three games, scored 28 points in all three of them. And the defense has to step up. That's where the Oklahoma Sooners are going to, if they're going to win and cover, they're going to have to put up points. I need the Nebraska team defense to step up. They gave up 640 yards last week to Georgia Southern and only forced one punt. That's not going to cut it on Saturday against the Oklahoma Sooners, but I think they can certainly get it done. It would not shock me at all if Nebraska somehow pulls off the upset of that no one is expecting on this Saturday, a team with a new head coach fighting with some sort of new energy. I love Nebraska, plus 11 and a half, a bet that probably not a lot of people are going to like, but I think I absolutely love it, and that's why it's my best bet of the weekend. But, Logan, we might as well segue into your best bet. Who you got? 
Well, Austin, I'm rolling with Northern Illinois plus one and a half versus Vanderbilt in this one. Logan, where is this bet? This is right out of left field, like your Army pick. The Army pick broke our hearts last week. They they lose on the hook in a hard-fought overtime victory. Well, defeat, but they almost covered the spread for us. That's okay. We're, we're out for some revenge, and we're against Vanderbilt in this one, right? Vanderbilt being an SEC team, they always get the SEC clout. They're 8-0 against the spread again, you know, in their last eight games versus MAC opponents. The narrative is there. The public is all over Vanderbilt in this one. And I say, not so fast in my best Lee Corso impression, right? Northern Illinois also coming off a tough loss versus Tulsa, right? 38 to 35 in this one. But you have to read the line a little bit in this one. It's it's a near pick on, on the line, right? Plus one and a half. If you want to take the money line, sure, be it. But I'll, I'll take the points in case they just end up losing by uh, one. But Northern Illinois, you know, offense, Great on third down, right? 24th in third down conversion percentage at 50%. That's going to be important, especially, you know, moving the ball up and down on Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's defense doesn't strike fear into anybody, you know, anybody's heart. They Vanderbilt's defense, 104th in scoring defense, 105th in passing yards allowed. And mind you, Vanderbilt hasn't played, you know, that tough of a schedule for them to be, you know, getting pounded by some good SEC teams. So Northern Illinois should be decent on, on offense to be able to move the ball. And Vanderbilt's offense is 99th in third down conversion percentage. They're a very run-heavy team. I think if Northern Illinois' defense can step up, put them in the third and longs, uh, Vanderbilt's offense is going to have a really hard time. They, they should be punting in this one. Also worth noting, Northern Illinois' defense, they haven't been great statistically, right? You know, they're, they're in the 90s in, in passing yards and, and rushing yards allowed. But look – I, I just really trust them. It's rare that you see an SEC team in a virtual pick them with, with a, you know, a Mac team. And I'm taking Northern Illinois in this one. I think they have a really good chance to cover our, our best bet and get us back on track. Logan, I like that. Hopefully we can go 2-0 on our best bets. Get that segment back on track now. Let's move into our next game. We're talking about the 11th-ranked Michigan State Spartans traveling to the Washington Huskies. And it's rare to see you know, almost a top-10 program, currently an underdog. Mona Washington's minus three, over under 57 and a half. And honestly, I think this is a the first real game for each of these two opponents. Both are 2-0, but they haven't played any competition. So this is really going to decide, you know, how good exactly are these teams. Now, the fans, they think Michigan State should blow them out of the water. 76% of you guys are on Michigan State plus the three. And I hate to do this to you guys, but I'm going the other way. Taking Washington minus three. Now, like I said, it's rare that you see a near top 10 team facing an unranked team and they're an underdog. Yet there's really that's what we have here. I mean, Michigan State has yet to face a team that they really shouldn't have beaten. And I think you look at their QB, Peyton Thorne. He's thrown three, three interceptions in those two games. Washington's always been a team that's prided itself, you know, prided itself on that defense. And I think they can certainly force some turnovers here, and that could be the difference. We think about Michael Penix Jr., the transfer from Indiana. He's been pretty good so far. He was pretty good at Indiana. Had a rough, you know, 2021, but that was not necessarily all of his fault. And I think he could certainly get it done this year. Almost 700 yards passing, six touchdowns, one interception. He's played in a plenty of big games. So you could be thinking, you know, well, they've only played cupcakes. Well, he's played a lot of big games, and while not hasn't necessarily had the best win-loss, to his name i do think he's capable and i think the books are respecting the washington huskies at home in this contest the new head coach of the huskies who's in his first year he's always been a winner at every single level of college i believe he's like 79 and 9 overall in his career so i really do think the washington huskies bookmakers are telling us you know why would they they're expecting people to want to be hammering michigan state just like all the fans are doing so absolutely love the washington huskies this weekend minus three it's at 7 30 p.m on abc everyone's going to be watching this game everyone's going to be betting it so i'm I'm riding with the Huskies minus the three points. Logan, are you riding with me? 
I am absolutely riding with you, Austin. Let's let's cash a, a squad ride on this one. I'm taking Washington minus three in this one. First of all, I loved Penix Jr. at Indiana. I think he'll be great uh, for us once again in this matchup. Washington also 10th in the country in third down conversion percentage at, at you know 60%. So Washington is a great third down offense, and that's so key in these college football games. Backs against the wall. You need you need the drive to, to go down, win you the game, potentially also cover for you. Washington has been clutch like that, right? Washington also ninth in passing yards. Uh, Michigan State, by you know, by comparison, their their defense fifty fifth in passing yards allowed. So I definitely think uh, Washington should be able to throw the ball all over Michigan State and and uh, and be up and down the field. Michigan State also eighty first in rushing yards allowed. If Penix wants to use his legs, which we've seen, he has an ability uh, to to be that dual threat type quarterback. He should be able to get it done. I really do think Washington's offense overwhelms Michigan State, and I think they win and cover for us today, Austin. Let's ride this one. I think people are out of Michigan State are really going to feel the loss of Kenneth Walker III, who obviously is in the NFL now playing on Sundays, or technically Mondays on Monday Night Football, although he wasn't active last night. But I do like that pick. We're riding with the Washington Huskies. Let's go to our final t- site, final game, and we'll talk about our upset picks. It's the final ranked matchup. So we only have two ranked matchups. It's a bad week of college football in terms of that, but still a good week to bet on it. The 13th-ranked Miami Hurricanes travel to the 24th-ranked Texas A&M Aggies. You look at the Aggies coming off the loss to Appalachian State, another team that they paid to go play them, and then they lose to them. Shout out to Appalachian State, though. They're hosting college game day this weekend. But we look at Texas A&M, minus 5.5, over under 48.5. The fans slightly on the Miami Hurricanes, 56% of you guys on Miami, plus 5.5. Now, Logan, I'll let you start this one off. Yeah, I don't, I don't really have a super good gauge on, on the spread in this one. So I'm going to touch the total in this one. And I'm going with the over 48 and a half total points. I think that's honestly the best play out of this game, right? Now, Miami, if you look at what they've been doing, they've been beating up on bad teams. But still worth noting, they've been doing it impressively, right? Seventh in scoring offense, sixth in rushing yards, and sixth in yards per play. So when they need to have the offensive production, it's been there so far this year, right? Miami is 24th in, in third down conversion percentage at 50%, a, a statistic that I keep bringing up because I can't tell you how many times in college football, you know, you just see these drives stall out at third down. Well, Miami hopefully should be able to keep the chains moving for us, which is good news for our over, right? You know, t- Texas A&M's defense also terrible on, on third down conversion percentage. They they rank at 91st in, in third down conversion percentage. That's only, you know, they're allowing 45%. That's a Texas A&M defense that Jimbo Fisher prides himself on, and they absolutely could not get off the field against Appalachian State. It was it was a great, great victory for Appalachian State, but it's also great news for our over in this one, right? On the other side of the ball, we got Texas A&M's offense. They're still 25th in yards per play. They have some quick strike offense and, and some playmakers on that side of the ball. And Miami does give up the chunk yardage plays, 94th in yards per play allowed. So Texas A&M should be able to hopefully get some quick strike offensive drives, which will go a long way to cashing our over. Miami's defense also 67th in third down conversion percentage allowed at almost 40%. So you see, guys, these defenses can't get off the field on on third down. Hopefully we see some drives result in touchdowns at the end, and and I'm feeling really good about this over. Now, Logan, I'm going to take a stab at a spread in this one, and I'm actually going to go with the Texas A&M Aggies minus the five and a half, and I hope they're a team that's putting up, I don't know, maybe they can get you 50 points, get you a no-slip bet. Now, A&M, 
one of only two teams in the SEC to currently not have covered a single game. They're 0-2 against the spread. I believe the other is Auburn. Hopefully Auburn moves to 0-3 since I picked Penn State. Now, AM lost last week to Appalachian State, and I think a lot of people are going to look at them and be like, oh, gosh, damn, how can they? How are they favorites here? How are they favored against Miami, a 13th-ranked program? And I think people forget that Appalachian State is a pretty decent program. I'm glad they're getting the college game day. I'm glad college game day is going to places that you know normally they aren't going to. I mean, you saw last week they went to Texas and Alabama or Alabama at Texas. But since Jimbo Fisher arrived at Texas A&M, Aggies 14 and 9 against the spread as a home favorite. That includes the 0 and 2 start that they've already had this year. And I think this is a clear letdown spot for Miami. They haven't played any competition so far. Sure, you beat up on Bethune and you beat up on Southern Miss, but this is a different program in terms of Texas A&M. They have a lot of talent. Obviously, didn't all come to fruition last week. They weren't able to get much going. I mean, they lost 14 to 17. You're not going to really cover a five and a half spread only scoring 14 points it's going to be pretty tough to do so and I think this is a game where Miami returns to the team that we've kind of seen over the last decade they've kind of let down their fans and everyone that's kind of been betting on them because this team just hasn't been able to get it done and maybe this is their you know come to fruition moment maybe they're like fine we're finally back we're beating a top ranked program like Texas A&M who was sixth ranked prior to their loss to Appalachian State now they dropped all the way to 24th ranked I think that was an overreaction I think this line is showing that they think the Texas A&M Aggies come out here and I think their defense is good enough to limit you know maybe some of Miami Hurricanes you know potential firepower now I do think this like Logan said could be a higher scoring game both defenses are struggling to get off the field I think that benefits Texas A&M a little bit more I think you you saw heard all of Logan's stats I think Texas A&M is the play here they obviously only scored 14 points last week I think there's a little bit of regression for them to come back to fruition kind of score some more points and so i'm right with the aggies minus the five and a half points i think it's a pretty good one hopefully logan again we have another one where we're both betting on one spread and one on the over hopefully we can both cash out but logan you know what time it is it's the upset pick season and you know i gotta be honest we're zero and two right now and both of our picks weren't very good last week but week three we are dialed in we're calibrated i'm gonna let you kick this one off because i like the value and the pick you got going who you got as your upset underdog pick this week yeah, so this week we're we're gonna cash one of these, or we're gonna hopefully get close to you know to make pit pits bets uh, sweat right. We that's what we want in this one. I'm taking Western Michigan Broncos against Pitt plus three fifteen odds. So crazy odds on this one, crazy good value. Now I really do think Western Michigan will play Pitt tough. They beat Pitt last year, right? They they upset Pitt with Kenny Pickett, right? This is a dangerous spot, in my opinion, for Pitt. They're on the road in Waldo Stadium. I had to look up what, what, what Western Michigan's name of the stadium was. It's their first home game of the year, too, so you're going to have some, some uh, rowdy home crowd back in them. And, uh, you know, after two big games to start the year for Pitt, this is a this is an easy trap spot, right? Playing a MAC team, the, the MAC doesn't get a whole lot of respect from, from uh, the betting public. But let me tell you, they, they play a lot of the big teams tough, right? Western Michigan already played Michigan State and they did cover in that one. And they were hanging around with Michigan State and being annoying enough uh, for me to see stuff in that game to say, yes, they could definitely pit, put pit, pit on upset alert, right? Keaton Slovis was injured versus Tennessee last week. He's questionable for this week. I, you know, if, if he plays, good for him. If he doesn't, I think that helps our, our pick a lot more, right? You know, that, that offense was was looking, you know, MIA a little bit versus Tennessee. They didn't, they didn't get the, the quick scores that they really needed to against Tennessee. Pittsburgh also... Terrible at running the ball, 113th in rushing yards. Let me tell you right now that if you are a one-dimensional offense, I don't care who you're playing. If you're playing an inferior MAC team, it's still going to be closer, you know, than you want. If you're if you're if your passing offense just isn't there and you're going three and out, three and out, eventually Western Michigan will be able to move the ball. Pittsburgh offense also 95th and third and third down conversion. 
Now I'm saying Western Michigan is going to have a tough time moving the ball up and down on Pitt's defense. Pitt's defense is very formidable. But for an upset alert, you just got to have a little bit of faith and a little bit of magic. For me to consider this one successful, I do need Western Michigan to at least, at the bare minimum, cover for us and make Pitt sweat a little bit. Last week, unfortunately, Stanford could not get off the field. They just got ran over. But this one, I really do think we're, we're gonna, we have a really good chance of cashing some action action, and that's why I'm rolling with it. Logan, we have a theme for our uh, upset picks. You were riding the Western Michigan Broncos. I'm riding with the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers, currently at plus 205. Now, when you look at Western Western Kentucky, they're taking on Indiana. And Western Kentucky, the thing about them, they can score points. And that's what you need out of a team that I think can pull off an upset. They scored 38 points versus Austin P, 49 versus Hawaii. Now, no, those teams aren't also that very good, but they did take care of those competitions, easily beating those two teams. And they got a week off to prepare for this contest versus Indiana, a ball club that I don't really consider to be all that great. Now, Indiana, when I look at the lines, we talked about a couple weeks ago, Indiana, just a three and a half point favorite. They're at home versus Illinois. And now they're just only a six and a half point favorite versus a conference USA team. I think the line feels a little bit fishy. I think they're thinking Western Kentucky, the Hilltoppers, can keep this game close. Now, Indiana's offense has been suspect, and we got an over-under in the 60s. Look, I think an over-under, if this is a high-scoring game, I think that benefits Western Kentucky, benefits their QB play, benefits their offense, a team that can score points, like I said. And Western Kentucky, led by their QB, Austin Reed. And as an Austin, us Austins, got to stick together. And I think he's certainly capable of getting done. He's completing 65% of his throws, seven touchdowns, two interceptions. And I just think Western Kentucky has the offense to do it here. The defense will be the question mark, but I've seen Indiana play plenty and they have been unable to really move the ball. They drop a lot of passes, commit some holding penalties. It's a team that has a lot of self-inflicted wounds. And that's what we're hoping for here. Getting a little plus 205 value. They certainly can't do worse than my last pick last week with Virginia Cavaliers losing 24 to three. That was absolutely abysmal. And I think the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers, led by Austin Reed, I think they can certainly get it done. Like plus 205, not asking for a crazy amount. Looking at the lines, I think Western Kentucky has got a chance to pull off the upset pick for me, and that's who I'm riding with. But, like, if you want to parlay, Logan and nice picks, go together. You can have a little Western-themed parlay. What could go wrong? It could never fail you. But that's going to wrap it up for college week three best bets. We appreciate you guys for tuning in. Obviously, like I mentioned at the top of the show, join our trial court if you want to. You'll see the Logan and I chatting in there about all of our things. We had a bunch of different uh, little group chats that you can talk with other people about your plays. Appreciate you guys always tuning in. Bunch of other videos coming up on the screen. Thank you guys again for all the love and support. We'll see you guys in the next one. Peace out.